Today's episode of the Westworld Theorycast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, CuffLinks.com. Head on over to CuffLinks.com and use code DVR20 to save 20% off your order. No minimum, baby. CuffLinks has everything you need to look good when you step out into the world. The world is opening up. You need to look good. You're going to events. You're going to weddings. You're going to parties. And you know what? You need to head on over to cufflinks.com and accessorize, baby. They got everything you need, and there's always specials. Just check the front page. Go on over to cufflinks.com now. Use code DVR20 and save. Thank you, Cufflinks. Hey, Westworld fans. Welcome back to the Westworld Theorycast. Today, you have the cleanup text coming together to close out the week. My name is Brett, and my co-hosts are Jenny and Gina. We are the cleanup techs. We round up the trash, i.e. missed pieces, things undiscussed, and perhaps completely wrong. But we've been tasked to tidy up as best we can do. Today, we'll be discussing Westworld Season 4, Episode 3, Anne Full. How you doing, Jenny? I am doing great. How are you, Brett? I'm doing fantastic. Very excited to talk about this awesome episode. How are you doing, Gina? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing? Very good. So let's just roll into this. I wanted to start with a pedantic question of the day, of course. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I know this has come up, but I'm just going to lay it out because I, I saw I rewatched this scene from the first episode of the season this year. We learned that Caleb is, is celebrating the seventh anniversary of the rebellion with his dude at work there on top of the building. And that same day he comes home and Caleb's wife mentions their seven-year-old daughter, which would mean now also I got this from idea from Jenny is that the name Frankie could very well come from Caleb's former, you know, his deceased best friend, Francis. So let's just assume that Frankie was named after Francis, which would mean that Caleb was present at Frankie's birth, or at least was relevant regarding her name. That would mean that Frankie was born actually before the end of the rebellion. Will this odd window of time be clarified, or will it just lie with no further explanation? What do y'all think? I totally said something about this in episode one because I thought that that was odd too because the way that I understood it was that yes it was the seven year anniversary not of the end of the revolution but like the start of their you know revolt against insight um, so I thought it was odd that the daughter would be seven but i immediately when seeing that her name was frankie or hearing that her name was frankie i don't remember if i read it in the captions first or heard them say it first but because i might not have noticed it if i just heard it <laughs> but mm -hmm. um i i totally thought that it was uh related to his friend francis the one that you know he had the little recorded sessions in the in the beginning of last season and then when we saw the flashbacks from when he was at war, it was his friend Francis. So I, I yeah. hope that they clarify it somehow, or perhaps we're just 
misunderstanding and thinking that it was the anniversary of the start rather than the anniversary of maybe the end. Cause I mean, if it was the end and it lasted a few years, but everything yeah. seems to be on a seven year timeline mm. for this part of everything. So, you know, like in episode one, it was like seven years and uh, yeah. man in black had said, uh, eight years ago, the information was stolen from him, which tracks because that was in season two that that happened. So, yeah. Well, I, either whether it's referring to the beginning or the end, either way, Frankie was born before that date. Mm -hmm. If she's already mm -hmm. seven, which means she was conceived, you know, even before that. Right. So, what do you think, Gina? What do you I think? mean, I don't know if this is one of those timeline <laughs> things they just like messed up if, or if there's something more hidden but i i, I would just think that i mean because we didn't see him having any type of romantic relationship and you think he would have been in some type of relationship and we would have seen it last season when everything started exactly um, exactly so and then that i mean i'm sure we'll get more into caleb later but and then it always goes back to that is Caleb actually a real human? Is he fully human? You know, I think there's always kind of been that question at the back of our mind, which I would think one of the last scenes we saw this episode would say, oh, he's definitely human. However, I don't know. It's, um, I don't mm -hmm. know. I think that's always been kind of a, a, a question mark and unknown for sure. I was just curious what y'all thought. I mean, it's possible they just let, maybe I should just let it go. You know? <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> it bothered me too. And it you know what? Um, that kind of thing <laughs> leads me into, I want to bring this up. Andy said when I was listening to uh, him and Axel talking earlier today, um, he had mentioned how he thought that it was odd <laughs> that you know, Stubbs <laughs> was just fine <laughs> when Bernard finally woke up and I totally agreed with him. <laughs> I had said something uh, in my notes. I said, I hate that they didn't address how Stubbs got himself back in order, which he didn't seem capable of when Bernard went into the sublime. I mean, when Bernard found him in the basement of the park injured, he wasn't able to help himself, but somehow he managed to get his shit together and keep from getting necrosis. It's like, well, I will say that was a, that was a bullet to the head that he had suffered in, in That's Westworld, true. which is, I think it's a different ball game when you're dealing with the cortical fluid and the, and the control unit and okay. everything, as opposed okay. to maybe just a body wound. You got me there. <laughs> that, well that that was that was my thinking is that <clears throat> i wasn't really worried about Stubbs's, you know mortality there the well i didn't think he was going to uh die per se but i i i had wondered if you know he was still going to be there in the tub when bernard woke up you know when we finally got to see bernard waking up but he wasn't and he was all just fine and had been chilling and doing whatever <laughs> for all this time that Bernard's been asleep. And I'm like, I, I just, I could have done with like a sentence <laughs> telling me something how how he got his shit back together, but I'm sure Bernard saw it in all his flashes that he experienced in, in the sublime. I don't know. 
Mm. It bothered me too, Andy. I feel your pain. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's strange, but Stubbs often has these, (laughs) like you think Stubbs is done for. And then all of a sudden he just pops up, you know, and like, like nothing's wrong. Like when he was in the, um, taken by the the ghost tribe that one mm-hmm. point ghost and you're like nation. oh he's he's done for and then all of a sudden there he is again and i think that's what i was like is he a host because it was just so random but maybe he just has these random um i don't know it's part of his code he just kind of can randomly maybe like self-heal and fix himself and <laughs> reboot like nothing ever happened well i'm sure that bernard had one of those little the little gun thingy that heals the flesh and whatever so he'd stop losing fluid and maybe their host yeah. bodies have a way to like eventually replenish it if you sit around long enough i don't know like, who, who knows maybe mave swung by at some point maybe charloris <laughs> swung by at some point we don't know <laughs> all a mystery well, i know just one sentence would have been nice <laughs> well i'm with axel and i hope they have a spinoff series where it was the stubs years while that he was would, waiting for bernard yes. to wake up that would be a good time <laughs> adventures of ashley stubbs mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly all right well uh i just wanted to get the pedantic question out of the way because that's that's who we are here at least that's who i am um so let's start with caleb and mave what did y'all think of the new park um it's kind of like a I know on one of the pods, they referred to them as like the Walmart versions. <laughs> it is yes. kind of like, a, it's, it's great, but it is also kind of generic, at least kind of what we're used to, right? You know, it's mm-hmm. like the characters are attractive, but they're not quite as perfect and beautiful as the Westworld characters were. Um, their costumes aren't quite as stunning and ornate for the most part. And um, I mean, Lee Sizemore lives on because it's really the same story all over again. Um, it yeah, it's pretty generic considering it's an a, a amazing new backdrop, but you know, kind of if I were going back to the park just to be in the same story in a different setting, I think I would have been like, how much money did I pay for this? So of my first impression yeah but they were probably fiending for it after uh westworld had been closed down for uh, several years at this point true i did you notice the flies immediately i did yeah yeah and even more so i had noticed them but like um i didn't hear probably because i'm getting old (laughs) I didn't hear all the fly buzzes the first time I watched it, but when I rewatch, as I've said probably a thousand times, I when I do a rewatch, I have the captions on, and um, I definitely noticed the flies buzzing comments, and then you know the the Mave brushing the fly off the table and and all of that, but they definitely uh, oh one of the comments on the whole the Walmart version etc 
I think that Axel said that they they bought them with Cole's cash. And I gotta give you props on that one, <laughs> Axel, because that had me laughing out loud at work so that my coworker turned around and looked at me like what? And I tried to explain to him and it made no sense to him, but it was funny as hell to me. So good job, Cole's cash. I liked that a lot. And I thought that they were all, <laughs> I know that uh, I believe Heidi had said she thought that at least one of all uh, the Clementine one was more beautiful even than our girl Clementine. But I thought that all of them <laughs> looked like cheap imitations and uh, their line readings were not as good. I know, Gina, you like the the Hector wannabe, but well, you know, <laughs> I have a thing for Italian gangsters, so that's just me. <laughs> he has a look, he had the chisel, he did, right? Yeah. He did, and if that's your thing, okay. But I, I, and everyone has their own aesthetics, but I felt like they were all cheap imitations. Um, the, the, the temperance mave or temperance. That's what it said in the captions, right? Temperance Mave. I was, I thought that was hilarious, but um, <laughs> I didn't think she was even as good as Tandy either. So, no, but she, her voice was very similar. Like, I yeah. thought they did a good job of it really almost sounding like her. Like, mm -hmm. that was, that was pretty familiar. I was like, oh, um, just the patterning. And I'm sure she worked at that too. Um, yeah, interesting. Um, I think the funniest part, I know we get into that whole Easter egg and it's like the lab attack on Westworld, which I think is kind of hilarious. But there was this one part I was like, oh my gosh, this really is just like straight ripoff where Caleb shoots Dolores slash Wyatt and he shoots her in the same place in the abdomen she mm -hmm. always gets shot mm -hmm. and then she falls right back into teddy's <laughs> into arms just, teddy's arms <laughs> just like she always does on the show or williams or whatever it was so like well choreographed i just oh, had yeah. to laugh it was you are right it was definitely it, a knockoff it was perfect and uh during that scene we learned well caleb was shot but wasn't injured and Maeve was shot and was injured Right. So I think that we got confirmation that <clears throat> Caleb is a human. Yes. And Maeve is still affected just like hosts are down there, which is interesting. I wonder if that precludes him from being a host human hybrid. If that theory is still right or not. Mm, yeah. I don't think we have enough information yet, but for the most part, we can assume he's a human here. Yeah. Do you think there is any kind of romantic history between those two? I know that's been a burning question. You know. The only reason I would say maybe is because of that awkward moment they had in the, on the train last episode where he wanted to talk about something that happened at the lighthouse and she didn't want to talk about it. That would be the only real reason why I would, uh, I would think maybe. Maybe, but I think it was more like, this is where I'm still question mark. Is he really fully human? Because he looked very severely wounded. And I think she did something to him to save his life. And that maybe now he's not entirely human. I don't know that I, I think it more has to do with how he survived that attack versus them having 
romantic relations. Um, and I just never get that vibe from them. They just don't even seem attracted to each other. Caleb just seems, I'm surprised he's even married. He just seems very asexual to me. Like last They have a season. very comfortable vibe, I feel like, but not a sexual. Right. Vibe. There's no sexual tension or chemistry between them, in my opinion. Okay. I buy that. But also, so as far as like her healing him in some way, we have seen in past seasons that the little gun thingy that they use to heal the hosts can be used on humans. Oh yeah. William used it on himself. So, I mean, she could have just like cauterized his internal stuff and then healed him with that. And he did eventually replenished his blood if he didn't get a transfusion. So I don't know. It's possible that they used a, you know, future medical technology and, and healed him up. Well, it's I mean, Maeve could have even done it if she had the right. little freaking tool, because, mm -hmm. you know, I would think that would be something she would want to have access to <laughs> in case she gets wounded, you know, a little tune up. <laughs> yeah. Self-care tool for, for hosts. Oh, there was something I was going to say, and I totally lost it, <laughs> but just what it is if i remember later i'll bring it back up <laughs> so, so um i guess we we move on to the the lower level where we see this tower thing what what did y'all make of the the whole tower with the tones that caleb couldn't hear what's going on there well okay now that we're here and talking about it. So Maeve can hear it. And I think the people that have been flied can hear it. And that makes me think that, yes, there, this is biotech. It's that the flies may be real flies, but whatever they're infecting them with is a, maybe not a purely biological parasite. It, it might be some kind of biotech because it kind of reminds me of a dog whistle right dogs can hear the whistles humans can't um, exactly and so and the fact that the flies go into the brain and you know would impact the senses yeah i think this could still be biotech that's infecting the humans and that yes it's it's similar to something that the hosts already have in their makeup if the host can hear it too i'm not even sure if the humans can consciously hear it it could just be mm. something that they can't hear like with their ears but their brain receives the signal the, yeah. way, the, the waves still go reach their brain and can make them do, you know, control them basically. I buy that. And you know, I agree oh, with that too. Now that you say that, what is the, in real life, there is an illness that a lot of, I want to say, former and current government officials have got, and they do believe it's tied to some type of radio frequency. We hear about this on the news every once in a while, but our news cycles are so crazy. I'm going to see if I can look this up. 
now that you say this, I'm like, hmm, what about hmm. that weird thing? Anyway, continue. <laughs> I'll look so, it up and see if I can find it. So I don't know about the sound, but it's obviously contributing to the controlling of the humans who have been infected with the virus. But um, I feel like I feel like this was definitely this was just Charloris's way of getting them. You know, she she's showing them a little bit, but there's not enough pieces for them to totally put the puzzle together, but like it was enough to get them curious and Maeve's trying to figure it out. And they're like letting her, uh, you know, that was not coincidence that she was able to open the door to the Frankie bots cell. Um, I agree. Right at that moment. That was definitely on purpose. That was part of Charlotte's or Charlotte's web. <laughs> Charlotte's web she freaking set a trap for them and they you know were waiting for it to be a trap but then when they were trapped they weren't even aware that they were trapped like they, why would you not think that like he immediately went into dad mode and was like running to find and why didn't Maeve should have stopped him like she should have known it's a trap you know I think Maeve seems to be totally off her game here. And uh, she, yeah, because she, she was trying realize. to figure out, she was totally trying to figure out what was going on. And she was befuddled because she couldn't get access. And she was trying to figure out how to get the access. And she wasn't totally processing what Caleb was doing or something. I don't know. Well, yeah. This actually reminded me because she definitely seems off her game. It seems like she's really slow to the go and I was just thinking if this was all to lead Caleb to them like maybe there needs a massive upgrade and is so behind the times or has Charlaris actually put Maeve on and we know how much Maeve hates this hates this is Maven on some kind of loop that Charlaris has almost programmed her into you know it's like you're gonna you're going to realize William's going to meet a senator when we send these guys after you and that really is the first domino that sets her off on this whole thing to go find Caleb to to go everywhere her powers don't really seem to be working that well it does seem like in some ways she's on one of those predetermined paths just like Dolores used to be and mm. And just like Dolores ended up on a path with William at one point that ultimately destroyed William's humanity. Now Maeve has been, has taken Caleb along on a path where Caleb's been flied and that could destroy his humanity. We don't know what it's going to do to him. Although we have some ideas just based on what we've seen. You just reminded me, Gina, of, sorry, Brett, I know you were about to talk. I could hear it. Oh, no, <laughs> Give me fine. one second before I lose it. <laughs> I'm going to lose my thought again. Um, the That same season, <laughs> Maeve, the, the texts were showing her, they're like, this is, like, this is, you're on a loop. Like, this is right here. See it in the code? Even it's predicting everything. Even though she feel like she was. Exactly. Yeah. So... Mm -hmm. What if that's that's another but, uh, mirroring of the season one stuff? Isn't that wouldn't that be crazy? Yeah, 
Well, and she was also overconfident back in season one too, where she felt like she was in control, even though yes, she was following the exact yes, same the yes. exact path that she was programmed to do. And he or she definitely is strolling into the new park thinking, I know this is a trap, but I got this because I'm so used to being yes, able mm -hmm. to control anything yes. I need to. Well, even yeah. with Ciroc, she wasn't in complete control, right? So it, it, all this time, has she really been free will except for maybe her time in the desert or was she just like an easter egg waiting to come out of hiding when those guys came to find her at the right time like why then they could have found her before that wow. that's that's a brutal concept that she's been <laughs> programmed that would suck so hard yeah well <laughs> but if that no i love it jenny Gina, sorry. I, okay. I love I love that I love that idea. And um we're all over here building on this theory and like making it more realized and then we're all like this would suck. <laughs> well, you know, she hasn't been specifically programmed a path. She's definitely strolling in overconfident and either either her powers are weak or possibly more likely Charlotte Charlotte is just more powerful because mm -hmm. If Maeve has uh, the capabilities to do what she does, perhaps other hosts do as well. And, and if Charloris has had time to tap into that, maybe she can't. She is just, you know, she is just a step ahead at this point. Yeah. Yeah, that could be. That so, could be. Um, um, I did find that article I was talking about um, that I thought I'd heard of this. So. I'll just read a little bit. U.S. diplomats and spies likely targeted by radio frequency energy, long withheld field report determines. Um, and this came out like in December 2020. But the first paragraph is mysterious brain injuries sustained by U.S. diplomats and CIA officers serving overseas in Cuba, China, and Russia were likely caused by directed pulsed radio frequency energy according to a study conducted by the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering and Medicine. Damn. So wow. I, this, so this is, I feel like I hear this every once in a while on MSNBC, not like Crazy Fox News or New Zone or what, anything like that. Interesting. But yeah, this comes up every once in a while. And so just the thought of like some kind of pulsing signal kind of leading these people to do something is not entirely foreign <laughs> like they're hypnotized or something yeah and it's making them ill like i think this is more like it just makes them feel really sick and dizzy and you know but mm. who knows what else mm. anyway. well so caleb has been flied oh. and it doesn't look good his, his outcome does not look good i got to be honest with you and Maeve's outcome also does not look good. She is, we assume she's been captured. Um, Caleb has basically been captured and, and infected. What, what does the future look like for these characters? Well, there also seems to be an army of men in blacks, um, which is weird. Yes. Um, so what percentage of the 250? <laughs> 
That's a good, ooh, that's a good or, question. Or the 250 totally separate from her host of, of uh, MIB clones. Uh, she fudged the numbers. Really, she's only changed seven people, and the other 243 are just MIB bots. They're all clones. That's funny. Uh, I was surprised that uh, one of the people on the initial reaction said that, or didn't realize that there was more than one. It's like, no, dude, the first one was done. Like he was bleeding everywhere. Uh, he didn't just like go get a clean shirt in that shortest span of time. <laughs> anyway. Oh, so. Who are we yeah. talking about next? Well, we were talking about just the things don't look good. For Maeve or yeah, I, I, I honestly don't know. Um, other than I, I mean, I saw the preview, which we can't spoil Brett on. Um, Thank you. <laughs> but um, I, I really don't know. I, Gina, you got any predictions? I, well, I, the only thing, and maybe we haven't seen enough, but I'm, and I think this will transition into. I don't know if we transition into. Bernard next, or we'll circle back to it. But I think Bernard is in a, and Stubbs are in a timeline that is much further into the future than where Caleb and Dave are now. And so far we haven't seen either of those two, granted it's only been one episode, um, but we also haven't seen any flies either. <laughs> so I think, I don't know. Any flies in Bernard's timeline you're saying? Yeah, I don't think we've seen any yet. Not that I noticed. Yeah, not that I've noticed. Um, right before Caleb was flied, his daughter Bot told him that she he's the re, he's the one they're after. Yeah. So do you believe that Caleb is special? And if so, why do you think that he's special? What is it about him? Well. I, I think if we're looking at him as maybe some type of hybrid, like if if that's really his biological daughter, then he was able to reproduce and that would make him special. Um, mm -hmm. But then I think Axel had an interesting, Axel or Andy had an interesting theory, it might have been Andy, that he thinks that Caleb might actually be... Um, MIB's son, William's son, which age-wise that could work, even though we've never heard of him and we don't know, we do know Caleb had a different mother, but we never knew anything about his father. And we also don't know William's last name. Yes, very interesting. Mm. That is very interesting. Yeah, that was Andy's theory, and I really like that. Yeah, I do too. I'm not sure the significance, but it does seem very interesting. I don't think he's a hybrid still. I still think he's human, so. <laughs> but it could be why he's special if he's William's yeah. son. Yes. I had the thought that Caleb is special because Dolores chose him, not the other way around. Like he happens to be special because he may know Dolores's plan or parts of her plan that she shared with him that no other human would know. Hmm. And maybe that's why he's a target is because he's like an, he's an intricate piece of Dolores' master plan 
but yeah. he, he was still nothing before Dolores came along and, and chose him for her own reasons. But he was an outlier and he had gone to that special training. Yes. And he, yeah. So, I mean, there are things about him that are special, but I don't know that I would call it like quote unquote special. Like, yeah. so I, I mean the, the, him being the Williams son, that would, that's interesting to me and seems like I could see that being a thing, especially since we don't know William's last name, but yeah. I got nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, I think he is kind of credited as being one of the people that started the rebellion too. So, which I always think is kind of funny because he seems to live in such a humble way um, for someone who did something so important and is known for doing something so important. Right. And maybe Charloris uh, thinks that since he was so uh, went along with whatever, Dolores told him to do because you know that was one of the things people talked about from last season was that he just why did he just follow her blindly like how did he know she was a good person or whatever like she's killing people and stuff and he's like still just following along and doing whatever she says so maybe Charloris thinks that he'll do her bidding right yeah Someone on the uh, IR said that maybe he's like a John Connor. Yeah. As in he, he's done something, mm -hmm. he's done something in the future that they're trying to prevent by, I that guess, capturing him. Mm. Which is a fun idea. I'm not sure. I don't really buy it, but it's, it's fun. Right. Yeah. Of course, it's more likely that maybe his, his daughter does something in the future that uh, is a reason why they would want to capture him, maybe. Oh, yes, that could be as well. That could be as well, for sure. So speaking of which, who is C? Mm -hmm. I'm just like jumping past several things here. That's okay. So, she's cranky. <laughs> she's cranky, cranky. <laughs> The closed caption referred to her as C. I can't remember if any character called her C. No, but I'm but sure I, that they will. I don't think anyone and called her anything. In the little after the show interviews with some of the showrunners and whatnot, they interviewed her as one of the people, and she was just known as C, quotation marks. So I thought that was interesting. And um, I still think it could be Frankie for sure, depending on where we're at in this timeline. Yeah, I think that's the leading candidate for sure. And I noticed something interesting when I was watching that first episode or that scene from the first episode this season. The very first time that we see Frankie on the screen, Caleb calls her Cookie as like her little pet name. And Cookie starts with a C, as we know. C is for Cookie. That's good enough for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know that song. <laughs> the 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 Westworld fans younger than four years old will appreciate that, yes. that joke I just made. For sure. Sesame Street, y'all. I, I um, totally got it, but I mean you don't want me to go into the little tangent that I mean 
you may want to edit this out, but I'm going to tell y'all something. C's for cookie came into my mind just recently. My dad has, uh, he passed away almost a year ago. It'll be a year ago in two weeks. And just a couple of weeks ago, I saw a commercial and it had cookies on it. And I thought, oh, I want a cookie. Cookies. C is for cookie. That's good enough for me. C is for cookie. Because <laughs> cookie starts with C. It's a Cookie Monster song from it Sesame is. Street. And it made me remember my dad because we had that on a vinyl album when I was a little kid because I'm old, y'all. Um, <laughs> I think we had it on an album too. And, and I remembered that. I remembered my dad playing that for me. And so after I had the thought of the cookie song, I burst into tears. <laughs> I was like, oh, I miss my dad. That's great. But anyway, back to Westworld theory casting. (laughs) So let's so yeah, I I I am under the assumption that C is Frankie. I I agree. And I think it's probably more along the lines of Caleb's daughter, like you had said when we were talking about it the other day in text, but, Mm -hmm. uh, and I believe some others have said, but uh, it still is funny because I like to make her cranky because combine cranky (laughs) with the C. And like you said, the cookie thing too, that totally, totally. (laughs) And so. I was just going to say, and based on the scenes, which there weren't too many scenes with Frankie and her mom, Iwade, but um, based on those scenes, it seems like they probably flee and potentially go into hiding because clearly the poor, the guard who I call the poor man's nacho from Better Call Saul (laughs) um, ended up being a... um, I wanted to say a drone. He's not a drone. Ended up being a host. Yeah. Yeah. A host replacement. Um, But, you know, and they took off. They, you know, the mom shot him and took off. And so it kind of sets a stage for maybe she's spent most of her life on the run and she may have changed her name to protect her identity too. So maybe that's why she goes by C. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. Where are they running to? I guess I guess we don't know some sort of hideout or some man, bunker in a anybody. bunker in a desert somewhere where she still yeah. lives today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Could be. That actor that plays the poor man's nacho, uh, Mr. Carver, <laughs> he actually plays in uh, this season of um, this season that was just out uh, the Mayans. His name's uh, Manny Montana. Mm. Oh, cool. Anyway, (laughs) side note. So I want to say, since we're talking about Frankie in this timeline, um, I do think, well, C, I'm sorry. We're talking about C (laughs) in this timeline. I do think that it's Frankie Nichols. And my guess on the timeline, because, you know, I always like to ask about the timelines anyway. I usually do it at the end, but... I think that it's 15 years further along than the seven years to make it a total of the of 22 years since the revolution. And that would put this timeline at roughly one year before Solomon's predicted population collapse at 23 years. That's my theory. <laughs> I am totally down with that timing. I feel they are somewhere right before the population event. 
And I think yeah. that she looks like she could be about 22. I mean, she is older than that, as Heidi pointed out, that the actress is 27, but she she passes for 22, uh, living in a desert. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, D- Dusty from uh, Stranger Things is going to turn 20 this month, <laughs> and uh, he's like playing a 14-year-old. 14-year-old, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Mm-hmm. It would also make sense if we assume that projection of a population a population collapse occurring in 23 years is correct 22 years that would that would jive with what akachetta was saying about how past a certain point you're screwed mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing obviously but, right right um so that so yeah just run as many simulations as you can here bernard and in the nick of time you know, figure it out, you know, you know, do your best and, and, you know, and then exit and, and go out and back into the real world. Um, you know, I'm sh- not enough time to do an infinite number of simulations, but enough time to do obviously enough to get to a certain point. Well, um, we'll see if he, how, how far into the future he actually knows. I think we'll, we will reach a point beyond which he's not sure what will happen. But right now he's Mr. I don't know, knows the future. So uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get into Bernard here. Um, I actually wanted to say something that I, that occurred to me at, at the very beginning of the episode when we were watching Bernard basically enter the virtual Eden and I think this answers a question. Um, why Dolores made Bernard visit Arnold's wife at the end of season three? I think it was to ground him in reality. It was the last place that he visited before he put on his headset to go into the virtual Eden. And I think that she wanted to ground him in the real world because it would, it would be so easy for him to just you know, enter the sublime, create his own paradise and never leave. But if he were to relive that pain of losing his son, Charlie, and and to connect with someone real who shares that, you know, same pain, Arnold's wife, for him to understand that the real world is the only world that matters and is worth saving. I think she wanted him to have that reminder, you know, to, to try to navigate through the temptation of just you know never leaving Mm -hmm. so i thought that that may have been a nice touch that at the time may have been a confusing scene uh but to me it makes a lot more sense now and also like maybe adding her to his cornerstone story a little bit Mm -hmm. yeah exactly He, he has the the cornerstone now in the real world, whereas right. all of the other people that went through the door, all of the other hosts, they never felt at home in in that world. So it makes sense that they, they don't really have anything to go back to, but he obviously does. This is, this is his world, so. Yes. I thought that was cool. Yeah, I like that idea a lot. Me too. So we see him basically reliving a, a bunch of scenes from his past. And Axel asked this question, and so I jotted it down. 
why is he seeing the tower if he is basically flashing through his past memories? Any, any immediate uh, answers that pop to mind? Are we sure it's his past memories? Well, I'm just talking about, and this, I guess the answer is maybe the sequence of events inside the virtual Eden doesn't really matter if it all is kind of happening at the same time. But at the very beginning, I think we only see things that he has seen before up until the point where he sees the tower and then he's walking towards it and then he eventually walks into it. Hmm. So I just thought that was interesting. The towers in the sublime and the and it, it, is, it is what he and he created it. It's, it was like all of these visions is what he was creating. And one of them was mm -hmm. the tower. Well, and Christine may be in a simulation and the tower is there. And Christine somehow has maybe some influence, Christine slash Dolores influence over Bernard. Maybe it's the key to getting the data back. Mm. It's the new maze. Yeah, I think even Akachota said that what you're replaying your past. That's interesting. Why are you doing that? Mm. All the but I mean, maybe the tower is the, the tower. key. Like, like that's like the representative of the key that Dolores put in him. And that's why Christina is seeing it and he's seeing it. I don't know. It's like the the like hmm. when you you know if it's like the key this this well, you, I don't know and we have to remember that some of Bernard's past is also Arnold's past because initially they were trying to recreate Arnold right mm -hmm. uh, they gave him another name and we know that Arnold took Dolores out in the real world a couple mm -hmm. of times before Westworld opened. And it could be that at some point they went to that tower together. Just yeah, that's interesting. Uh, that maybe the tower already ex has existed for a long time. Yeah. And it's something that he's seen before. I mean, it does look like that tower in Spain that, as Axel calls him, Grandpa James uh, <laughs> posted in the group. <laughs> it does. But they're very big on which is a telecommunications yeah. tower so like i feel like if they can find like that that telecommunications tower somehow port ports to the freaking satellite where the data is beamed to wherever <laughs> and they can trace it somehow yeah i have no idea that is just <laughs> well, yeah and they're very big on architectural elements in this show too yeah. uh and you know i mean well gosh the towers in the silicon valley now they're kind of masked to try to look like trees but you can still sell, tell they're just like cell towers it's really quite <laughs> hilarious um but they've got greenery coming off of them or fake greenery it's funny um they're not glorious you know works of architecture by any means <laughs> <laughs> cell phone tower i'm guessing no i'm guessing it's not right do you think it functions the same way as the tower we saw underneath the temperance park 
I think that that uh, tower that we saw in the Temperance Park is related to the tower that Bernard saw and that Christina. It's you. It, it, it would seem to make sense. Yeah. Um, even though we haven't actually seen the the tower, we've seen drawings of the tower. We've seen. We've heard people refer to the tower. We've seen it sure in, the, in the seen intro. It. Wow. The the opening credits. Yeah. Yeah. And somehow, oh, you guys, I just had a weird idea. So, Ooh, okay. <laughs> so <We> like those. <laughs> Christina is now hearing about this tower. What if she decides to write a story about it? Or maybe oh. she already has. I love that. Maybe, also, yeah, maybe she wrote the tower into the world. And like, <laughs> that's why Peter says, and I thought it was the tower that was controlling me, but no, it's actually you that was controlling me or something like that. Uh, oh, that's, that's an interesting idea. Oh, and if she is the one that controls that tower, if they can get her into the real world, then she can take control of the tower outside, or at least that's what they'll be possibly theorizing. Because hmm. <laughs> I'm theorizing it now. <laughs> <laughs> You're theory casting it right now. <laughs> Live on the air. <laughs> well, and, and I don't know if this is the right place to put in my kind of theory about the flies, because I do think Christina's part of this. And maybe oh. the towers part of this too, but we're going to take a quick trip back to <laughs> season two, episode five. Yes. There is a scene between Dolores and Teddy after kind of in the midst of them shooting everything up in the park. And she says to him, did I ever tell you about the year we almost lost the herd? because they had cattle, blue tongue. We quarantined the cows that had it, but it kept spreading all the same until daddy finally figured out that it wasn't spreading from cow to cow. It was the flies that carried it. Bum -bum -bum. And he worried all night. How do you stop a sickness like that? One with wings. This is um, her asking that. And, and she says to Teddy, Say it was you what would you do teddy and of course teddy being the kind-hearted person he is is like i'd give him shelter how's the weakest in the barn out of the air away from the flies until it passed and she's like you're a kind man and then she goes daddy burned him <laughs> the weak and the infected he made a pyre that went on for days and it stank but the flies hate smoke and the herd lived and so i kind of wonder if there's some shred of Dolores left in Christina or somewhere, does this memory of the story resurface? And the only way to get rid of this flyrish slash parasite is to burn all the humans that have it. And maybe they have to burn down that tower too to create enough smoke. And then that would actually lead back to the burning city yeah, that Bernard saw. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah, what, did what did Bernard see in his visions? A lot of fire, 
a lot yep. of things on not, not just the city on fire, but a lot of those quick flashes. I think oh, that he the was tree, having. the tree too, Dolores's the tree. tree. Yeah, Dolores's tree. I, I feel so, like there's something here. Absolutely, uh, I think that that is definitely a part of the path that Bernard sees um, as you know as a possibility here. Yeah. So burn all the humans, drive out the flies. Yeah, you might. And I mean, I think that's what they used to do in plague times, too, is they used to kind of burn cities. (laughs) Population collapse in 23 years. Hmm. Oh, well, but there's a 22 years. There's another mass casualty event that is well, in 12 to 16 years, but that would mean we were less time down the timeline than 22 years. And oh, Frankie, yeah, because that would mean that Frankie would only be 12 to 16 years old, yeah, during that second mass casualty event. So, I think this mm. is going to be the population collapse if that's that makes a whole lot of sense if they have to burn the humans to get rid of the flyers. What's going to stop them from making more of the goo? What is the goo made of? I need to know. Inquiring minds. On the show or in? On the show. Like what is the goo that's the, the, that's the flies are getting or eating and then passing on to what is it like what is that contaminated nonsense that is causing these humans to be infected i just i'm curious as to whether we will ever like actually get an answer to that yeah that's a good one i would say it's something uh well biotech yeah i wouldn't be surprised if they don't elaborate (laughs) I don't think that they will, but, but maybe it's, if it's electrical in nature and it can like make neural connections in the brain mm-hmm. once it's in the brain or something. Mm. So uh, it's, it's probably something that's like electrical in nature, I would, I would say. I would agree but, because they talk about even now, like the future of medicine, how they might be able to insert like a, a nanobot into your body to help repair something or you know like specifically to go after a cancer and control it and so if you could use that type of technology to heal you could probably also use it to destroy slash control and edit so to speak very true this is when me working in tech comes in handy because i (laughs) read a lot of (laughs) crap every day <laughs> do we know what that which city bernard sees on fire when he's standing next to akachetta it looked to me it looked like manhattan uh i think jenny you agree but i don't i just don't know enough about all this the future cityscapes on this show to know which city or if it even matters which city yeah i don't know if it matters or through not. Per, per Gina's theory, maybe all the cities are going to have to burn. Yeah, or whatever ones, you know, it, it depends on, it, it, yeah, because if they're infecting people with the flyrus in the park, then those people aren't necessarily all just from like LA or San Francisco. Mm-hmm. 
or New York. They could be from all of any, you know, probably metropolitan city, just because that type of wealth tends to live in those areas. Um, I have another question, like how long are they able to, um, like what's the fidelity on the, the humans that are infected? Like how long do they last? So far, it doesn't seem to be very long. Um, right. That's why I'm they, like. <laughs> I don't know that they, this may be the early stages and maybe, you know, 10 years from now. Oh yeah. It's the beta trial. Perfected it. it is yeah. literally the beta trial. Exactly. That's what the caption uh -huh. said last so year. right now they can control people for like a minute or two and then make them, you know, blow their brains out, but, but maybe down the well, road. I hope it's longer than that. Our boy Caleb's or, got the fly wrist. Well, that's what I'm saying. He's in, he's in some serious shit right now. He's fucked. Yeah. I hope not, but. Or we're going to find out how special he really is. It's Yeah. I'm really worried about him and Maeve both because I don't, I don't know how they get out of that. Me too. I think Andy had an interesting theory that Bernard and Stubbs, now that they're out with C and her troop of Mad Max minions out in the desert, um, that they're gonna find Maeve out there somewhere, like buried in the bunker or something i don't know and that's why arnold had to and arnold sorry that's why bernard had to go there uh on this kind of vision quest he's got yeah that okay well that'll lead to in, into one of my next questions here because okay. andy's theory is is an excellent theory and a piece of it is that <clears throat> excuse me the weapon that they're going to find buried is actually mave because they're on the site of the of the temperance park which i think axel theorized as well but it, like covered in sand but the temperance mm. park is underneath the ground now That's and and Maeve is still there and you know in constraints or whatever and they're going to dig her up and break her loose and she's going to be the weapon that bernard referred to which is an awesome idea <laughs> so um i that's that's not where I was going with it, but I'll just put the question out there. What do you think the weapon is that he's referring to? Any other theories out there? I honestly didn't have any real theories. I mean, I assumed that it was likely the Temperance Park, but I hadn't really thought about it being Maeve, but that sounded as good as any, or perhaps uh, retrieving the key and getting Dolores back or I, I it could be any number of things I really don't have any ideas on that it, it could be Maeve and it could also be we don't exactly know where he is but it could be cryogenic William yes and that was that was actually a secondary theory that he just mentioned very quickly is that if it wasn't Maeve maybe it was the real William that was still like trapped down there and they were going to break him out and maybe that that was connected to the fidelity test that we saw at the end of season two that he was going through like 
bring him back up to fidelity, but he's on your side, but you can infiltrate him amongst all of the other William bots out there and Halebot would not necessarily notice and, and, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and go from there. I think she might notice cause she has it modeled on a she, slightly yeah, younger well, version. <laughs> the, the idea is there. Yeah, that was also oh, interesting. I totally agree. Yeah. I was just being pedantic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have to call Andy out, though, on a piece of his theory that I that I disagree with, because he mentioned he's under the assumption that Christina is not in a simulated world because we're familiar with the, the letterbox um, aspect ratio indicating right. whether it's a virtual reality or the real world. Mm -hmm. However, Last year, we saw Maeve in the standard aspect ratio before she realizes that she's in a simulation. And at that point, it moves to letterbox. Right. So I'm thinking that's that very interesting. Yeah. If Christina <laughs> doesn't realize that she's in a simulation, the aspect ratio wouldn't necessarily be letterbox. Mm. So that so I that that's why I'm not ready to go there. And I also I also think that if you're thinking about it from her perspective and she she can if she can only ever exist inside the simulation and doesn't have a point of reference comparing the two, then maybe the aspect ratio also is like a moot point for her storyline. Mm -hmm. If it's all about her perspective. So I wanted to mention that because I wanted to go into my theory about what the weapon is. Awesome. Okay. Um and I, know, I, I feel like I might be on an island here with my theory of uh, Christina being inside Solomon's mirror world. Um, <laughs> I know, Jenny, I think you like aspects of that theory, too. So I do, too, but, actually. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. Great. I'm glad to hear it because I haven't really heard it anywhere else. And that's fine. I, I'm, st I'm still liking this island. I'm going to stay here a little longer. Um, but... Before I get into the what I think is underground, I just wanted to preface it by saying I don't think this whole scenario looks good for humans because we seem to be on a pace of like all the humans either being infected with the virus or, you know, victim of a kill and replace plot or cannon fodder for hosts or, or whatever, except maybe a select few humans. So if the, if the flyrus does lead to like a population collapse, how could human civilization ever recover from it? So it may not look good, but Bernard sees a path and I might see a path too, because there are tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands or more of cryogenically preserved humans who have been isolated from all the havoc and untouched by the infection. And furthermore, these people were chosen to be removed from society precisely, precisely because they could not be reliably influenced by the Rehoboam AI. So let's suppose they have some sort of you know, genetic resistance to brain control. Then what better group of people would you want to select to fight against brain controlling AI and to begin repopulating the earth? So, I believe that Bernard and the revolutionaries are in Sonora right now, and the weapon under the sand is Solomon's frozen outliers. Now, Ooh. circling back to Christina, 
So while Bernard and Frankie and the gang is working the plan from the outside, Christina is working the plan from the inside. So I believe that she is the, the Dolores construct inside Solomon's mirror world, as I mentioned earlier. And once she is awake and able to understand where she is, she can bring Solomon back online. Right now, Solomon is offline, but if she were able to bring Solomon back online, the same way that Maeve was able to control the hardware from inside Ciroc simulation last season, if Solomon were back online, that could bring current real world data into the simulation. And it could also potentially bring in like a line of communication. So like I, I even wrote in my notes, the joke of maybe there's a bunch of unopened voicemails from Bernard that are just waiting for her as soon as she, as soon as she logs back online. But, but just one last piece of this, if she, if she can understand that she controls the narratives of these real life non-player characters, which uh, I like are outliers in my, in my theory, she can train them and prepare them for the mission that they will face once their physical bodies are thawed, rejuvenated, and they return to the real world. And if this mirror world simulation time, if it flows similarly to how time flows in the sublime, then all of these outliers could train for like every permutation of what they could possibly encounter like countless times before their true mission actually begins. Whoa. That so could that's... totally make sense. I'm in. I'm in, Brett. <laughs> I think so that... it's fantastic. That's awesome. Well, thank Brett. you. Yeah, I like I like the idea of tying the Bernard and the Christina coming in from the same from the same plan. Um, now, I do really like Andy's theory, too, because it incorporates Maeve and, and like William and these other characters that I'm not really sure. Yeah, I, I haven't I haven't fit them into any kind of grand theory yet. But there are definitely things I like. And I, and I also I like the idea that these revolutionaries are like the children of past Sonora outliers like Caleb and, and his daughter, like if if there's just a few of these people that remember their experience and pass down that knowledge to their children so that they would understand that this place exists you know and what it is because the vast majority of people in the world would have no idea that this place exists and even like including the people who were there and had their memories wiped would still not know what this place is and Halebot also may have no idea that there are cryogenically frozen humans there so this could be like truly be like a secret weapon that only a handful of humans and and possibly zero hosts other than bernard uh would have a hint of of existing so i, uh, I just yeah it could be it could be a true secret weapon it could yeah and you know I don't know. Now I'm thinking about, oh, if it's temperance buried. Well, the last time they buried something in the park, it's because, you know, there was mass destruction there. We don't necessarily know what happened with Westworld after the massacre, the more recent massacre. We just know that they buried that one part of the town after Dolores um, 
killed uh, Arnold. Arnold. But well, that kind of makes uh, that kind of makes me think that Caleb and Maeve and anyone in that park is toast. Well, th it would be that's Andy's theory that they're right. on the side of Temperance. I'm yeah. saying that possibly they're in Sonora, which I Google mapped it, and it's still just like a five-hour drive from LA. So it's it's like logistically, it's possible that they yeah. that they drove <clears> there in like a half a day. Um, but but in Westworld, they did bury the forge. Uh, I I remember season two when Dolores was heading there, she even referred to it as a weapon. Uh, it was referred to as many different things, but and there was one line where, where Dolores called it a weapon that was buried in the in the whatever part of the park. So that definitely reminded me of of the fact that Bernard called this a weapon, which probably means it's multiple things. It's a weapon to someone, it's a, something different to someone else, whatever it is. Um, mm. But yeah. Yeah, interesting. All right, well. What do you wanna talk about next? <laughs> No, I feel like we've talked about most of the stuff I want to talk about. I will say real quick that Gina, your theory and my theory could work together because yeah. yours is the burning down of of burning everybody. And then I'm like the repopulating of the, <laughs> the earth. So maybe both things can happen. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, it could go together. Wouldn't that be wild if we were, ended up both being right, Brett? <laughs> like, we could write this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, what, what's going on with Maeve and Caleb? Oh, they're dead. Oh, don't, don't worry about them. <laughs> I think some people would be really pissed if they were just, like, dead and not coming back into, like, Bernard's uh, timeline. Uh <laughs> But, you know, yeah. you can't no, let everyone I, live forever, even if they are a host. Well, no, I, I think they are coming back. Well, I think Mavis. I think there's a chance that Caleb is could be like dead, dead very soon. Yep. I, but his I legacy know. lives on in his daughter. So he, it's like his character was still very important in the grand scheme of things, even if that does happen, which I'm not saying he's dead. I think dead, they're going to save him. I think they're going to I really hope him. so. <laughs> I'm willing it into being <laughs> kind of funny. Hmm. So here's, here's another question I wrote down. Um, how did the maze come to be the symbol of the human revolution? I thought that was also very interesting uh, part of the show where, where Bernard flashed the maze to the C character. I thought as, as that it was of, interesting too, but I don't, I don't know about the symbology. Part of me wonders if it just all comes from like the Del Dolores's master plan, because the maze was obviously kind of, it was important to her and her in her beginnings, and yeah, if she it was a symbol, a symbol of awakening. To, yeah, so if she needed a symbol to kind of represent her her force of what like if she still has this auxiliary plan going on that we don't know about 
maybe the the maze is is the sim, the secret symbol that that people use and then here 15 years later maybe it's still the symbol because this is still part of Dolores's plan what's going on with C and these revolutionaries and whatnot so I thought that would be interesting idea that it actually started with Dolores and it's right and Christina's on. seeing the mazes too so I mean it's it's all tied together somehow it's got to be yeah interesting yeah all right well i'm not sure if i have any other things. yeah i don't what? know that i i had Chris, i don't know that i had anything else either did you have any other questions gina i know you jotted down a few. um i think we covered most of them let me just uh take a quick look uh, Where'd they go? So many notes. I think we need to leave your timeline in our notes though, for sure. I thought it's helpful just to look at. Um, yeah, I think I think I covered all the questions I have. And like, or we did, you know, we talked about mm -hmm. like Bernard and the timeline and the, the flyrus and how it could potentially be destroyed. Uh, yeah. I th yeah, I think we covered everything. Are you saying we cleaned it up pretty good? I think we cleaned it up and I think we laid it out, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. All right. Well, I think we did our job for this week, ladies. So um, if there's an, if there's no last words, let's... Uh, say goodbye to all of our Westworld fans for this time, but don't worry, there's a new episode coming in a few days and we're going to have a blast dissecting it again next week. So yes, we will. until then, say howdy to your moms for me. Bye. <laughs>